you can't know how to get where you want to get to if you don't know where you are right now. If you want to be empowered, the one thing you have to do is be responsible and take ownership of everything that's going on. You have to have something you're running to, but you have to also have something you're running from. Welcome to the Rad Money Podcast. I'm Rebecca Brooks. And I'm Dylan Pollock. And, and we're, we're Rad, Rad Coaches. coaches. <laughs> and we are so excited to be back. We took some time off after dropping a whole two episodes. As one does when they're figuring out how podcasting works. As one does. Maybe. I don't know. But that's what we did. But, but we're excited to be back. Yeah, totally. It's it's good. It's just a nice way to share everything. And one of the reasons we really wanted to podcast was because we know that money issues are more than a, a, a one minute clip on TikTok or Instagram reels and to really get deep into these topics. So this is we're just excited to be back and share our perspective on things and hopefully give you a unique spin in, in a way that isn't too boring. <laughs> <laughs> But at the same time, we know that even just based off of those two episodes, it, we had such a positive response from our audience. And so it was so encouraging. So even though we stepped away for some time, we knew that we were coming back. And it's been so exciting now that like we're here we are. And we know that people are like, when is it coming out? When is it coming out? When is it coming out? So thank you so much if you were one of those voices who just like really encouraged us because it is challenging and you know yeah we needed to take a break for ourselves just lots of life change and things like that but having y'all in our corner and just encouraging us it meant meant a lot yeah it really does it definitely got us excited to get everything organized so that we could be back here today recording and and sending this episode out and which kind of leads right into rebecca what are we talking about today so today we're talking about how to make sure you reach your money goals in 2023 so we know that it's obviously like late january by the time you're listening to this but we know that um you know financial goals are some of the most popular new year's resolutions and if you set a money goal we want to give you some tools and some insights onto how to make sure you actually reach them. Yeah, if you're really dedicated, if you're on this path to financial freedom and ultimately financial independence, reaching these goals that you set this year is just the beginning of a process that's gonna lead you ultimately to that place that you wanna be where money's not an issue. But when it comes to setting goals, reaching goals, whatever, there's really a science to it. And and there, there are kind of some do's and some don'ts. And so we're gonna walk through some of those with you today and hope that you can take it and apply it and see some success really with what we're teaching. I mean, we are really teaching today. Yeah, totally. This is a a coaching session on us for you, getting those goals 100% by the end of the year. So with that, uh, we really want to talk about the first thing that you need to do to make sure that you reach your money goals in 2023 is to review the past year. So even if you've already set some goals, if you haven't reflected really thoroughly on the previous 12 months, you need to go back and do that. Yeah, it really, reflecting does so much for your goal setting because it puts things into context. You know, if you look at the past 12 months and you haven't saved a dime and you all of a sudden want to max out your 401k, which is getting close to $20,000 a year, we can put the exact number in into the show notes for you so you know what that is. But if you go from not saving at all to wanting to max out a retirement account, that's going to be a big stretch. So we want to make sure that you are are framing this in a way that is going to be realistic and obtainable for you because the biggest thing here is that you don't want to walk away feeling defeated. You want to just start to get momentum and keep moving. So that's one of the parts of reflecting that's so important. 
Yeah, and we'll get into more detail about the importance of setting realistic goals and and things like that a little bit later too. The other thing that is also just so important that people don't think enough about is celebrating wins. Totally. I mean, I I immediately skipped to thinking about being realistic where like focusing on positive is a hard thing sometimes as people. I mean, our natural tendency is to go negative. Yeah. And so we need to very consciously think about, well, what's the progress that I made? So even if, let's say in 2021, maybe, yeah, you hadn't saved much at all, if any. But then in 2022, you look back and you're like, I saved, you know, $1,000, $2,000, you know, or just whatever it is. That is progress. And that is a win that you need to celebrate. I mean, don't like overly pat yourself on the back. The work isn't done, but you have to celebrate that win so you can start to build momentum. Totally. No matter how small it is, it's still a win as long as it's positive, if it's moving you in the right direction. So take the time and and write down, literally write down the win so you can see them. Don't just think about these things, but you want to really take some time to to be excited about what you've already accomplished. Yeah. And it's going to help you set the bar yeah. for next year. And if you're not sure of how to do that, we actually have a tool for you The link is in the show notes. If you're in our newsletter, you've heard about this, but if you didn't use it, I'm calling you out right now. (laughs) (laughs) You need to use it. Um, But it is a tool specifically to like guide you through this reflection of the past 12 months and to give you those opportunities to see where you grew all the way from your money mindset down to the actual numbers. And then from there, it's going to talk to you about the other reason that it's important to reflect, which is to find opportunities for you to continue to grow. Like I was saying, you celebrate the wins, but the work isn't done. Yeah. So this is where it's like you take that, okay, I paid off the credit card debt and now I'm looking down the barrel of 2023 and I got the student loan debt and I can take that win and celebrate it and say, that felt awesome. The next opportunity is getting rid of this bigger debt that I have and that's been looming over me for the past few years and I can't wait to get rid of it yeah i mean that's that's a snowball right this is that's debt snowball so that's a perfect example of the importance of like building that momentum as you go on but really just again doing this analysis so that even if it's not that direct but saying okay well what is my credit score oh you know what that is lower maybe it didn't go up but maybe that's an area that i should focus on this year maybe you know and just looking for the different things the different areas of your financial life that you can improve upon in general and we really like to focus on that sort of language, not, you know, I think actually in the the doc, it says weaknesses, but I don't want you to view that as this big negative thing. It really is the opportunities for growth. Like Rebecca's saying, it's not a weakness. Like if you're, if you have what is considered a growth mindset, it's never about being upset about the past and saying, oh, these are bad things about myself. It's just this like reframing it to really think, okay, this is an opportunity for me to grow. I have so much potential here. There's so much to to learn, so much to do. I'm just getting started and I can keep going from this point forward. Yeah. Or like this analogy just came to me about like a fence, right? So let's say you like you buy a new property and you've got a, a fence around the whole thing and most of it's intact, but there are points that are that are weak and so you don't you know cry about that you don't forget about that you mend it you just repair it and you just take those steps right so that that type of the mindset is kind of what i want you to maybe think of is like you're not uh it's not a crisis it's just like it's opportunities to just make it better to reinforce 
um, to, you know, see progress. So if you haven't already, make sure to go to the link in the show notes. We have this really well thought out workbook that you should grab to help you reflect on your wins of last year, find room for opportunities for this coming year, and to even just take those goals that you've already set and bring them up another notch so that they're really crystal clear for you. And with that, you know, talking about the opportunities to grow and and where you have room for improvement leads right into our next point, which is being able to take personal responsibility for everything that's going on in your life, the good and the bad. And this is so important for a lot of reasons. And and I want to focus, I'll actually focus on the positive first before I go to the negative, right? Because I like my first instinct is, oh, let's talk about the negative, but that's just like the human instinct. So let's focus on the positive first, taking responsibility for the positive things, like those wins, whether they're big or small, if you see them, take responsibility for it. And that doesn't just mean like, oh, I did this, huzzah, or like, hooray, whatever Go me. it is. Yeah. But like, look at what you actually did to make that happen. What actions did you take that led to this result happening? And, and realize like, there were certain actions that you did that led to you having a win in yeah. the past year. I actually see this a lot in my coaching and it's actually more so kind of though on the, on the other side of it where when people have these wins, they brush them off. And they don't take ownership of it in the sense that um, they they kind of downplay totally what they accomplished, and they're just like, oh well, because it's not the biggest goal, because it you know I'm not completely financially free yet, because I'm not financially independent yet, or I wasn't able to do this this that yet. They brush off the small stuff, and they totally just like act like it wasn't a big deal. And so that's where we have to really say, no, it is a big deal because until you can get a lot of those small wins, you will not have the big win. So you have to take ownership of the fact that like, yes, I did that. I saw that through and that is a big deal. Yeah. I, I, it just makes me think of like one of the first things that happens for clients is they get to the point where they're cash flow positive, where they're spending less than they make for the first time, or they've adjusted it so that they actually have extra money left over at the end of the month that can start going towards things that matter to them for the first time ever. And they're like, oh, well, I still haven't made any progress. And it's like, but that's the thing that makes you you have all the progress. That's where the progress actually begins (laughs) is because now you actually have like a lot of people, it's like a thousand bucks. That's not an insignificant number. And all of a sudden now you have a thousand dollars to start saving, investing, paying off debt, going out with friends, traveling, taking care of your family, whatever it is. But it's like that first step, it took a lot of effort. Well, and so, all a million dollars is, is a thousand, one thousand dollars. Well, that's great. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, just do it a thousand more times and baby, you're there. You know, <laughs> you know it's, so. It's so simple. I mean, I mean, like, you have to look at it like that uh-huh. because if you can't repeat that small thing, you won't do the big thing. So you absolutely need to take ownership of those positives. I completely agree. Right. Yeah. Right. But you also need to take ownership of the negative. And I actually love this concept. It was was something that I heard once, like maybe three or four years ago. And it was like, when you take ownership of a mistake, it means you can fix it. That paradigm shift broke me for a second. It was like, oh, if I don't blame the government for the things that are going on or my parents or for my boss for not giving me the raise and and whatever it is. If I, if I blame someone else, they have the power. But if all of a sudden I say, my problem is because I haven't done something yet, that's incredible to think about. So 
that's where when you find these weaknesses, these are actually opportunities for you to take ownership. Yeah, exactly. And and it's it's empowering. There's no other word for it. Yeah. I mean, that word is thrown around so loosey-goosey. And uh-huh. it's just to where it doesn't really mean anything anymore half the time. But this is 100% the essence of empowering. Yeah. Because you get to step into your power and your ability to, like we say, control what you can control, which is really begins and ends with you. Right. And, and you get to just say, what can I do to not repeat that problem or to to solve that that problem? Yeah. Well, I, it's like the essence of empowerment is to own something, right? Like you can't be empowered unless you're an owner of this particular thing that you're dealing with. This honestly like transcends money. This can be any aspect of your life. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. But, but it like, should, it, it really should be added yeah. to everything. But I mean, this, this in particular, it's like, if you want to be empowered, the one thing you have to do is be responsible and take ownership of everything that's going on, the good and the bad, no matter how uncomfortable it is. And uh, this is something I try to remind myself each and every day is I should do something that makes me uncomfortable. And if I haven't done something uncomfortable, I haven't been pushing myself enough. Yeah. Uh, and that's another, I mean, another lie that just circulates everywhere is that like you should be comfortable with everything and you shouldn't have to be uncomfortable, but discomfort means growth. Yeah, and, it's called uh, the growth zone. Yeah. yeah. I think that actually everything that you're saying right there and, and talking about, you know, uh, taking ownership of the good or the bad with that leads right into the next thing, which is you have to be able to completely remove go from the situation. Like you need to be able to look at your review that you're going to complete because the link is in the bio <laughs> and you need to be able to look at that like it's not yours. I mean, yes, you take ownership of it, but as far as like your emotional response to it, you need to detach from that. Yeah. I mean, it, the good and the bad. Like, let's let's use all those wins. Oh, I got a raise. I maxed out my 401k. My ego starts to inflate a little too much, and I take it easy this coming year. Yeah, you back off. You back off. So, like, don't let the ego make you feel so good that it gets in the way of you continuing to make progress. Mm-hmm. On the other end, mm-hmm. don't let your ego get in the way where you, like, end up feeling so bad about the situation that you start to downward spiral and you can't pull yourself back up your ego starts to protect you yeah it starts to you know like just create these create these stories where you know again you start to maybe push off that it wasn't your responsibility that you didn't do it that it has nothing you know it's these outside conditions it's all these sorts of things so when you remove your ego from it when you can kind of detach yourself from what is going on big picture wise you enable yourself to have some clarity and to really start to say, what do I need to do? And it becomes just way more obvious when you can practice that. Yeah. So with that, removing your ego, d- being able to, you know, kind of detach from the emotional side of things, it just allows you to be objective. Yeah. And, and, and that's really what you're looking for. Like I said, look at it like it's maybe somebody else's numbers and somebody else's information and treat yourself like you would a friend really. Yeah. I think it's it's really important to be objective with your vision because if you take yourself out of your situation and you looked at everything that was going on in your life, what what would you say to you? Like what advice would you give yourself if you weren't so closely connected to it? Sometimes it's like cliche, you can't see the forest from the trees. It's so true here where you have to take a step back and and look at a bigger picture than just like what's instantly in front of your face right now. Yeah. I think you're right that it does apply here. And Part of what you're saying is if it was somebody else, um, 
you wouldn't treat them like as critically as you'd treat yourself. Totally. I, I mean, I can admit I'm my own worst enemy. I am harder on myself than anybody is. And I'm sure that you can relate and, and most people who are listening. I think can, anybody who's human can. Yeah. It's like we're, we're our Nobody big... thinks about you as much as you think about you. Yeah. And, they definite, <laughs> and they definitely don't pick you apart like you do. <laughs> yeah. So like, again, this kind of goes with the ego sort mm-hmm. of thing yeah, piece as well. But it's like another layer that you can add on. Don't be overly critical about things that didn't go well. Like when people get started, I had a client and he was so upset. He's like, I should have started so much sooner. It's like, but you're starting now. Yeah. How, how great is it that you decided to pick up the ball and start running? And like, he didn't just pick up the ball and walk. He started running right away. And that was great. You, you know everything you know now and you can't judge your past self. Yeah, you don't know what you know until you know it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't know what you don't know. And I think that the thing is with being overly critical, it just, it pushes you into those shame cycles that just nothing gets done then, right? Yep. Like when you're in a shame cycle and you're just beating yourself up, there's no progress there. Oh, yeah. It just doesn't help at all. It only hurts. And so really need to tamp down that natural tendency to be really self-critical and to judge yourself for past mistakes, what's not going well. Don't judge yourself for it. It just is what it is. That's the detach. Right. right? That is it right there. Don't judge yourself for it. It just is what it is. Now, how do we move forward? Right. But on the other side is don't give yourself too much compassion. Totally. This is the like... Something that people can just say, it's okay, I made the mistake, and it's all right because, you know... Excuses, 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 excuses. The economy, my boss. Again, we're giving other people... You're disempowering yourself. Yep, and we're giving other people ownership, but in the process, you're giving yourself a pass. So, so yeah, so not giving yourself so much compassion, making excuses for for everything. You know, it's we want you to show yourself compassion just to an extent. Right. So you can't get to the point where you give yourself so much slack that you just repeat the same mistakes over and over and over again. You have to be honest enough with yourself and be able to detach that ego, detach that emotion so that you can actually say, you know what? Yeah, I messed up and I'm not going to beat myself up for it, but I also know that I have to solve it. Yeah. I know that I have to fix it and I can't give myself so much compassion that I just say, it's okay. That's just how you stay right where you are. Yeah, so think of it as a like a continuum. So you got criticism on one side and compassion in the other, and you want to meet somewhere in the middle. You really do. And so I want to give myself constructive criticism. Yes. And I don't know what word you'd give for compassion, but you also want to be compassionate to just the mistakes. Yeah, yeah, self- just yeah, self-compassion, yeah. I think. And that is a hard thing for some people. And obviously, being more compassionate to yourself is going to speak to people more like you, you know, like you're saying, like you're overly critical. But then there's plenty of people who are you know need that other advice of like no wake up be let's be realistic right you know and and so some of this might hit more than others but the next thing is and again it's it's all very interconnected um and again goes back to that personal responsibility thing is don't have a victim mentality yeah things happen mistakes in the past can can feel hard and they can hurt raise your hand if you've you took out twenty to thirty thousand dollars worth of student loans, and you had no idea what you were doing. And now you're twenty five, thirty years old, and you're like, "WTF?" Yeah, and so avoid saying things like "the system is out to get me" and, <laughs> and all this kind of stuff because again, that just disempowers you. And it's not that you're wrong or that I even disagree with you all that much. That there are problems with the system, but when we just start to push that blame and just say, "I'm just a victim of all these things." We again are just we're disempowered and we're unable to 
see ourselves as the victor in this situation when we're a victim. So we don't take the action that's necessary to get out of it. Yeah. And so, I mean, just on the other end of that is personal responsibility again. It's just like it's coming through every time. If there's one thing that we want you to realize is that it's our choices that we make that lead to these sorts of things. Yeah. Everything is just about the choices that you make, good or bad, and being able to look at them objectively and decide if you want to change it or not. So that's the point of the reviewing your year. So the next thing after you've done all of that is to visualize your future. And this is such a fun exercise. We like to do this with all of our clients. Once you really know where you're at, and like this is actually part of our process. So like we're saying, we are 100% teaching you today. But part of our process, so we say that like the first thing is, is to take a bearing. Like you can't know how to get where you want to get to if you don't know where you are right now. So it's very much like it's a navigation call to navigation skills and map skills and all that. But you want to take a bearing and figure out where you're standing right then and right there. The next thing is you need to figure out where you're going. And only after you figure that out can you navigate to it. I like this concept of visualizing your future and saying, okay, well, you know, Christmas was a couple weeks ago. So we think about the Christmas carol. And, you know, there is the ghost of Christmas future in particular. And he shows Ebenezer Scrooge the future if he continues doing what he's doing and then, you know, bounce back to reality, snaps out of the dream and Ebenezer's like, no, I need to change because I don't want that future. That future is so scary to me. It's so terrible, right? And so we're kind of doing that same thing of saying you have to look at like, if nothing changes, where would you be headed? But alternatively, where do you want to go? Yeah. And so really what what's great about that story that you may not realize is that you want to have a positive goal that you're reaching for, but you also need to see if you continue your actions that you've had last year, what would happen a year from now, if you just continue down the same path, you want to really paint this picture out in a way that scares you and makes you want to run away from. You want to have something that you're running away from. Well, and that's avoiding. why that, that's why I think, like honestly, even a year is too short sighted. You need to say, okay, ten years, twenty years, thirty years, forty years. If I keep not getting serious enough about things, and I'm not saying this to stress you out, it's just to say, hey, reality. Because we struggle to think really long term like this. But you need to say, you know, what is that worst case scenario? And it's like, yeah, that's bleak. And that's dark. But you kind of, you do need that as a motivation. Like you have to have something you're running to, but you have to also have something you're running from. Exactly. Yeah. It's And it's like, it's a key piece that's missing, I think, with goal setting. And this is a little secret sauce stuff that setting the goal is important, but understanding what you're running away from is mm-hmm. just as valuable because you got to have motivation. There's multiple ways to create motivation. So you're you're layering this on and it's getting deeper when you set this fear into your goal setting. Yeah, and it's healthy. It's a healthy amount of fear. Again, yeah. it's not paralyzing fear, but you do need to say to yourself, ask yourself these questions, will things get worse? Okay, and answer that honestly and answer it without judgment and don't be overly critical, but you need to honestly say, If I keep doing what I'm doing, will things get worse? Right. And you Um, shouldn't be scared because you're going to take ownership of everything and you can take the necessary actions to get out of this this future. Then the other thing is to take that question and I want you to write about it and get really detailed and like describe your future 
in this in this scenario of if you stay on the current path, okay? And then that's going to be what you're running away from because if you don't have that discomfort, you just like you won't push as hard for your goals. You just won't. You know, if you feel like the, there aren't any stakes to you doing nothing versus taking action, you're just going to do nothing, right? You're you're just going to should yourself like crazy. Oh, I should do that. I should do that. I should do that. This is saying this is why you need to do it. It's not just other people telling you. It's you actually understanding how it's going to impact your life on an individual level. Yeah, it, it makes it makes me, uh, I'm kind of laughing over here to myself. It reminds me uh, a story I heard of a parent whenever their kid asked for ice cream. They're like, you want some diabetes with that ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> just kind of scare them a little bit <laughs> you need to understand what's at stake kid yeah <laughs> you need to know what you're go- what you know. you know yeah what path you're going down right now is sugar addiction um that's hilarious but yeah so then so then the other side of that is of course creating the life that you actually want to run towards instead yeah let's the the good stuff the good stuff the positive stuff right being able to write about that as well get really detailed, describe your future self in this scenario. So this is a really fun thing. I get so detailed with my clients and I, sometimes I really, I I accidentally make them cry, but it's not for a bad way. It's like they get so emotional because they've never been able to think about themselves, but you need to be able to think about you. Who are you in 40 years? You need to connect with her or him and be able to see what do you look like? What are you, what color is your hair? Is it gray now? You know, what are you, what are you doing? What brings you joy? And how are you spending your day? And it can be a very moving exercise, but you need to connect to that version of yourself so that you can start to take those actions now that's going to say, hey, I see you and you're going to be taken care of. Right. It's like, who do I want to be? And what is, what does that person do to be that person? What do they, what have they have accomplished to be that person? Well, that's higher self stuff. I'm legitimately talking about like just acknowledging that one day you are going to be an older self and you want to retire and you see your you just see your your little gray headed self and that there's food on the table and that it's not a cat food retirement, which that should be in your nightmare version. Google it. Um, You know, it's legitimately just being able to connect that like that emotional just connection of like, yes, I will be an older self version of myself one day. And so what do I need to do to make sure that they're taken care of? Yeah. The more that you can get that detail, the more likely you are to take steps to take care of your future self. Because the act of saving is imagining yourself 30 years down the road. I'm putting this away for me, Mm -hmm. not today, Mm -hmm. not a week from now, but maybe 30 years down the road. It's such a cool thing to connect to. It's like nothing else is to say like, I'm saving this for future me. Then it's mind-boggling that's why it i'm is. struggling and that's to get why i'm through saying it. that's why i'm saying it's very emotional exercise that I, I run through people with so i challenge you to take this and try it for yourself and really just close your eyes visualize it and whatnot also consider a vision board we have a great blog and pinterest about creating a vision board to help you really bring this into like full fruition yep. of of what your goals are get visual with it but this is also all stuff about like talking about future self that's why it's really challenging for people with depression anxiety adhd to reach goals is because it's really hard for them to see themselves 30 years down their line. It's really hard for them to to visualize, you know, the next couple days. Yeah. And, you know, their mind just doesn't work that way. And so if you struggle with any of that, highly recommend check out the vision board blog. I talk a little bit more about that in there. 
but you really want to get detailed here and build that part of your brain. Yeah. And I think we'll talk about this a little bit more in a bit, but also if you're struggling to connect with someone that's 30 years down the road, connect with you next week. Start small. Connect with you, literally connect with you at the end of the day. If it has to be that way, but like what, how can I set myself up? So when I go to bed tonight, I feel better. Or literally if just an app, if that's too big, an hour from now, what can I do? You might have a big goal and it might be so big. It's too much to, to like comprehend. I, I I do that sometimes. My goals are very big. And then sometimes I'm like, I'm not making progress. I need to chunk it down, make it smaller for myself. But yeah. So now that you've looked at the past 12 months and you've visualized your future, good or bad, you've taken ownership, we want you to look at the goals that you set for 2023. If you already set them or not, we want you to analyze them and to see if they are effective goals. Again, like I was saying, kind of, uh, I think at the beginning, or at least I was thinking it, there's a science to setting good goals. Yeah, there is a there is a bit of a science to it. A couple reasons why goals don't work before we dive into what does work. Yeah. You know, like one thing is they're really vague. A vague goal isn't going to really work out well. Like I just need to save more money. It's just too vague. Yeah. Like it doesn't mean anything. Like well, is that 50 cents? Right. Oh, done. Put that in <laughs> put that in the piggy bank. We Great. Nailed that one for the year. Um, or I need to be better with money. Right. Well, what does that mean? Well, yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> that can mean a lot life. of things, right? Like, yeah. Better with money could be saving more. It could be improving could your be credit spending. score. It could, could be so many things. Yeah. Like, it just, it's just too vague to the point where you don't know what to do. Right. The reason vague doesn't work is there's no end point. There's no horizon that you reach and say, I got there. I did yeah. it. And again, like the action steps, like it's just, if it's vague and it's just like, I want to be better with money. Well, that's just so vague that you just don't know what to do. Yeah. There's no action there. You just are like, okay, great. I told myself I'm going to be better with money. So bibbity bobbity boo, whatever. And it's just like, <laughs> doesn't work that way. So, so there's, a, there's a science to it. You need to make sure that it's not vague. What are some other don'ts, Dylan? Framing your goals in a negative. Thinking of them like what you can't do. You know, if you a, a good one is talking about diets. It's like, I can't have cookies. I can't have pizza. Sugar. I can't have sugar, hamburgers, all the... I can't eat comfort foods. That's going to be a lot harder because you're going to always be thinking about everything you can't do opposed to what you could be doing. Or it's can't like, have. Exactly. Yeah. But it is saying it's like what you can do, not, right. not what you can't. Because can't is very much like that scarcity mindset and that sort of thing. And then what's funny is when you think about it that way, all you want is the thing you can't have. Exactly. It's just just bad goal setting. Let me just put like a red button in front of you and say, you can't touch the red button. It's like, yeah, good luck with that. I want to do a touch button. (laughs) Yeah. It's so it's so that's really, really important. Any other don'ts? I'm trying to think. This one's kind of hard because I'm so like, well, this is just how you do it. Well, you know. this this leads into like some of what we're about to talk about. But the like, don't set goals that other people want for you. Like do things that you actually want. I so mean, back to the shooting yourself. Right. So, you know, it's the your friend saying, oh, you should get out more. Or your parents saying you should be a doctor. It's like, well, if you don't connect with those things, you're never going to be any of those things. So you have to make something that you actually care about and is relevant to your life. Otherwise, it's just, it's someone else's goal. It's not your goal. Well, and even if you achieve it, you'll look up and be like, well, that was empty. Or talk about creating regret. 
because you spent all this time doing something that wasn't oh yours. Oh my god, we could go on forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but and we kind of already are. But so the opposite of that. So the so those are some don'ts, which I think are so good. Don't be vague. Don't talk about what you can't do. Oh, negatives everywhere. And um, don't do things just because you feel like you should. Society or family or somebody else is telling you what you should do. Do it because you see the point. You see the value. You see how it's going to bring you joy or fulfillment. Um, then we're going to make SMART goals. So SMART goals are out of business school playbook. That is where I first was exposed to these things. And they are just, they're just extremely effective. And what it really breaks down to is just it's an acronym. So the S in SMART means specific, the M is measurable, the A attainable, R is relevant, and T is time bound. So you can hear right there in that first one, that's what Dylan was talking about. Don't make it big. Right. Yeah. So that's, uh, I want to max out my Roth IRA this year. That's mm-hmm. very specific. It's very specific. When we start to talk about money too, it also, for us at least, we find it very hard to split specific and measurable. But measurable is the amount when it comes to money, at least. Being able to say that for a, a Roth I think IRA. It's, I think it's 6500 Yeah. Year. So if it's $6,500, then you know that like I need to max out my Roth IRA and it's $6,500, right? So that's measurable. You know exactly right. how much that you're going for. Or if it's weight loss, right? You want to say that it's like I know that I want to lose five pounds. So you need to put something in there that makes it measurable. It's just very, very Easy to say when you made it, when you didn't. Right. It's a clear line. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, the next thing is attainable, which uh, I always confuse with my R because in my head, attainable just means realistic. Yeah. Attainable being, do you have, if you look at your cash flow, if you look at your budget, can you save a little over $500 every month yeah. to max out mm-hmm. a Roth IRA? If you can't, are you able to move things around so that is a possibility. Yeah. To me, attainable means um, realistic or doable. Yep. And even if it's like in the moment, it's not, then that is just a cue to you to say, well, how do I make it happen then? If it's like in my current situation, it's not possible. What can, what variables can I tweak and change to make it a reality? But attainable needs to be something that you're not shooting for the moon. You're not saying, I want to be financially independent by the end of the year. And I started now. That's not realistic. It's not going to happen. You just have to be realistic. Totally. Uh, and then from there, you want to make it relevant. So relevant means doing it for you. And it needs to have to do with like your life as it is right now. You know, eventually that can change and evolve and it will. But it needs to be relevant to what's happening in your life right now. And you need to be able to emotionally connect to it. Right. I was going to say a big thing with that is just is it something that excites you and gets you going? Because if it isn't something like that, the likelihood of you doing this goal is is little to none. You know, we were just talking about this the other day. I only do things that I love. I'll give you 110% the things that I'm interested in, but I'll give you hardly over 1% if I could care less about it. Mm-hmm. So these are these things that you would give 110% about and that you're, you're really excited. Otherwise, it's going to be point. a lot harder. Yeah, yeah, you see the point in it. You understand what the payoff is going to be and you're doing it for you. Yeah, and taking a step back to some of the stuff we talked about earlier, if you're in this place, you know you should be doing something. Well, paint out the picture a little bit more. Can you get yourself to the point where you realize, hey, this is actually very important. I am excited about the payoff at the end of the road. It might be difficult, but it's okay if it's difficult, but you just might need to connect with it a little bit harder. You have to find your why. Yep. Yeah, you have, you, you have to really connect with that why and visualize what it would be 
what it would feel like for you to complete the goal, to reach the goal, yep. you know, achieve it. And then finally, time bound. So time bound is critical for benchmarking and, and being able to say, okay, well, if I want to, let's just stick with the Roth IRA example. If I want to save this much money by the end of the year, then that means by the mid-year mark, I need to be here. But break it down by quarter, break it down by month. And then you can be able to check in with yourself and say, well, how am I doing? And if I'm right on track, then fantastic. If I'm behind, can I speed it up? What changes do I need to make to still reach the goal? So that's where you really start to be able to break it down and say, what is it that I need to do? Yeah. So if you've already set your goals for the year, this is a good opportunity just to revisit them and and ask yourself, did I set smart goals? Are they personal to me? Are they specific enough that I know when I'm going to reach that goal? And then they're positive that I'm excited about it and I'm not thinking about the things I can't have, but I'm looking forward to the things that yeah. I am going to achieve through this process. Yeah. So take the, take the goals you wrote down, see if there's any <laughs> reframing that needs to be done, some tweaking to your goals, some fine tuning, making it more specific, adding a timeline, all that sort of stuff. And then really what we want you to remember that it is going to take a while. You know, how do you eat an elephant, Dylan? One bite at a time. Exactly. So it's about small, consistent steps over time and just being able to like we were talking about before celebrate progress build that momentum yeah i think of progress over perfection here it's like you know if you have think of a month and you've had 27 great days in the month Mm -hmm. and you had three mistakes you know overall your your bad and average is a lot better yeah than if you hadn't done any of those positive moves at all yeah. and i should stay away from sport references like you should know this about you shouldn't touch because them. i i'm very unsporty what is sports <laughs> but, <laughs> but i tried it Dylan's out a rock climber yeah okay. but anyways you know, he has his thing but, but you get where i'm sport. going with this just again we got to like look at the forest from the trees we got to yeah. make sure that overall most days have been really good even if even if they're not honestly even if they're not, I don't care. Just, yeah. just focus on the ones that were. Right. And try to repeat those conditions. Like, I don't care if, you know, 27 of your days were crap. But what what about the three? What were you doing on those three that made them really good? And build on that. Yeah. Then then you would say, can I have four days next yeah, month? Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's it's just the, baby those small steps. benchmarks. Yeah. So we're really building out that attainable, that A in the SMART goals with this. But if you set this really SMART goal and you say, okay, it's specific, it's measurable, attainable, relevant, time bound fantastic but what you need to then look at it and ask yourself is what are the smaller steps that i need to get to make that happen because that's a really good goal and even if it's totally realistic based off of like how much money you make and your expenses and stuff like that but what are the things you need to do if you don't use a budget you probably need to use a budget if you're going to start sending hundreds of dollars towards any sort of account right in a month on a monthly basis you probably need to master your cash flow you might need to say is that really the best use of my money right now? Should I be focusing on that or should I be focusing on my debt or other things like that? So you need to make sure that you're actually looking at what are the steps that I need to take to get to that point right? and break it down. Yeah, and I think what what's nice about breaking down a big goal, such as maxing out a Roth IRA account, is that if you set these like, if every month you wanna hit a specific number so that you hit get to maxing out a Roth IRA at the end of the year, Every month you get to celebrate a small win. These are micro goals that you're hitting along the way that keep mm-hmm. you motivated because yeah. it's, it's kind of plays into our psychology as humans. Like 
the more good that happens to us, the more likely we're going to repeat the process. So yeah. if you can, if you hack can f- that dopamine, baby, exactly. <laughs> like we want, we want to make sure Wouldn't that hit, especially if these with these bigger goals that we find the opportunity to celebrate along the way so that we keep going towards it. Because if you're asking yourself to do something huge that you've never done before, it's going to take time. Yeah. You have to do things you've never done before. And then we really want you to look at why you haven't gotten to achieve this goal before. You need to say, okay, how am I going to get there? Well, maybe I need, I probably need the budget. I probably need the cash flow. Is this really the thing I should be focusing on? All that. But then you also need to start to say, well, what are the things that have been have prevented me from doing this in the past? Um, and so that's the that's the causes. So don't look at the symptoms. Look at the causes of yep. why you're at where you're at right now. And that's going to, again, just show you what you need to really do and what you need to change as opposed to just saying, well, because I didn't have the money. Okay, well, why didn't you have the money? That's what you need to look at. Yeah. What are the habits there? I did you didn't. eat out too much? Did you just not use a budget? Did you do you like you know Amazon a little bit extra? Uh, what is it? Yeah. Did you did you not have a retirement account to put money into? <laughs> Small, it can be that simple. Yeah. It could be. Right? It can be very simple things sometimes, and it's just a matter of taking that first step and yeah. looking at what what the underlying issue is. Yeah. And so that leads to the the action steps. So you know. Even before you get like super nitty gritty, if this is overwhelming to you or you feel like you just really want somewhere super easy to start, it is as simple as just paying attention. Yeah. Which is also very hard. Right. In this it's, world. The, it's the easiest and the most difficult piece to this all is, but we're bringing it back to the beginning. You need to observe what you're doing each yeah. and every day mm-hmm. with your money. And with that total empowerment of I get to choose if I'm going to do this or not, I get to, like, this is all me, baby. And so you need to look at your life, just try to bring a sense of mindfulness and self-awareness. It is one of the biggest, most important characteristics of successful people is self-awareness and being able to just walk through life and observe how you're using your money without judgment. Right. And just saying, where is it going? What is happening? Why is that? And just asking, asking innocent questions without judgment for, of the answers. And that's where, like, that's the easiest place for you to start. Yeah. And I, and I, I say this with the, like Rebecca just said, don't judge it, but like also think to yourself, is this really adding value to my life? Is that's it th- different. Okay. Judging yourself, judging yourself is you, again, is into that critical brain and saying that you shouldn't do this or all these negative, it's like negative thoughts, but you need to be able to say is it worth it is this something that i truly that i truly want yeah. is it gonna bring joy you know that sort of thing right. that's is completely it... different from judging yourself okay okay it's just saying it like if you're in it just walking through life and you're like oh i'm gonna you know just like hop on amazon and buy something right well it's just a matter of taking pause and saying hmm well why am i doing that and in and, and being okay with the answer one way or the other but then the follow-up question just could be is this something that is really going to add value to my life? So that's kind of the next level to it. Yeah. You know, I, and and just observing like, again, answering that question and just saying, observing it for what it is. Yeah. You know, why is it going to bring joy to your life? That's another question. Okay. Is it just because the satisfaction of buying something? Look at that. How about a month from now after you bought it? Yeah. Is that, is it still as valuable? Yeah. As it was the first day or the right after the moment that you bought it? Yeah. Is that going to really pay off? 
a month, a year from now. And I, and I like to think about how much time does it take to buy something like that, you know? Yeah. If, I, if I'm buying a new puffy jacket because it's the dead of winter, I had to work for how many hours to afford that? Or should I just like throw a patch and, and throw my jacket back into the wash and be okay with it being an old jacket? I used to do this to my staff all the time when they would like, so, you know, our background is outdoor retail. And everybody just, you know, we love the gear. We're all a bunch of gearheads. And I was just annoying the crap out of them back then saying like, well, do you really need that? You know, trying to help them understand this whole thing of like, time is money, money is time. And I'm like, you know, you've got to work for me this many hours to be able to pay for that. Do you really want to do that? That's you know? hysterical and I would, you know, as a boss. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> like this is how much more time you got to spend with me. You bud. know, I'd love to hear what they thought about that <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> That's hysterical. Like, imagine if your boss like, you know what? Because I, I imagine like you just hear stories like, oh, you join a sales team. The, the boss is like, buy the nice car, get the nice house. But you're on the other end saying like, is it really worth that? I thought you were out here to climb more, not buy jackets. Yeah, not say, oh, I need that extra shift, you know? <laughs> like, think about it, bro. Yeah. So. Ultimately, self-awareness is what we're really talking about here with this particular tool. This is like, this is something that you can have in your toolkit. No matter where you are, you don't need to have a spreadsheet, an app. You don't have to keep notes. You're literally just observing what's going on with your money. That's what we're yeah. talking about with this particular tool. Some real yogi stuff. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's the, that's step one. But then, yeah, you do need some actual tools, though. I mean, if you let's be honest, I mean, it just is what it is. Right. And no, accidentally became a millionaire. People who talk about like, oh, you don't need a budget, bro. It's still a spreadsheet. You just called it something else. Right. Like, don't. Uh. Uh-uh, I ain't stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and they, but they think you are when they say that crap. I swear it drives me crazy. But I think you're really smart. And I understand that you do need tools that just make sense to you. You need to be able to master the basics of a budget and a cash flow. Right. These are these are foundational things. And yeah. and I'll say if you if you don't like the idea of a budget, I know from experience working with clients and even through ourselves, you use a budget for a while and you'll master the budget and you won't have to use it as much. Mm-hmm. But it's really it is a tool in the self awareness toolkit that allows you to say how much money am I bringing in every month? Where is it going? Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. I have a plan for my money. I'm being intentional with it. But then you get to observe where's this money coming and where is it going? And maybe I need my actions to be different if I want to actually align my spending with my values and my goals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. And then from there, it's, well, how do I do that? What are the principles of budgeting? How do I really make sure that regardless of what tool I use, I'm getting the most of it and I understand what the purpose is and, and how to make it work. But you have to master the basics of it. You just have to have a plan. Right. Um, you can't live an intentional life without a plan. It doesn't just happen. It's not, again, It's this is not a Disney movie. It's not just magic. No, it's not magic. You got to put in the work yourself. You, and so this is a foundational tool like we've been talking about. Have understanding your budget, knowing your numbers, understanding your cash flow, your ins and outs is going to lead to you reaching those financial goals by the end of this year, for sure. And so we have a nice tool for you. If you're interested, we have a budgeting cash flow course. So you will get access to our tools that we have created for our clients that it encapsulates. There's a budget, which is really well thought out with tracking. And it is like the best spreadsheet budget. We really took it to a whole new level. 
But so there's the budget, there is a cash flow, and you'll understand what we mean by a cash flow if you take the course and why that's really important for reaching your goals. And then there's a net wealth tracker. Those are all in Excel spreadsheets, but even if you're not a spreadsheet person, we'll teach you how to use them step by step. But even if that still stresses you out, the lessons in the course translate. Yep. Yeah. No matter if you take it to pen and paper or you just want to use a budgeting app because of the convenience of uploading everything that way, you'll at least know the foundational skills. These are the building blocks to being successful with your money here. So you can't skip this step if you if you got big goals for your money. You really can't, regardless of what you call it a budget is necessary and yep. we just are really we really love this course this is something we put out at the very beginning of last year and we we hope that you'll check it out if also you have heard everything that we've talked about today and you think it sounds wonderful fantastic but you still don't really know where to start doing it on your own is hard we did it on our own it's possible but it sucks a little bit so if you want some help reaching financial freedom we hope that you'll reach out to us hit the link in the show notes to book your free discovery call chat with us, get to meet with us, talk to us. We love to meet you as well, but talk about what your financial goals are and how we can help you get there. But that is everything we have to share with you guys today for this first episode of 2023. Yep. And the first of many episodes of 2023. Our goal is to drop a podcast every other week Mm -hmm. and we're just going to see where this journey takes us, but we're really excited about getting back to the podcast format and sharing everything that we know and love about finances with you. And if you have anything that you want us to talk about, please do drop a comment. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to like, please subscribe so that you find out whenever we drop a new episode and please leave us a review. Your support is everything. We want to hear from you. We want to know what you're thinking. We want to know what's important to you when it comes to personal finances. So until next time, I'm Dylan Pollock. And I'm Rebecca Brooks. And and we're we're Rad Rad Coaches. Coaches.